Hey everybody, we just wanted to give you a quick aside before this episode begins. Uh, we actually recorded this episode, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before that. And we know a lot has happened in the country since then. So I'm just here with Cameron. I wanted to give you a quick update um, because we don't want to be silent on the matter. Yeah, and we know um, systemic racism is not something that just started. That's what makes it systemic. And so, but with, especially with the, the death of George Floyd and others in the country, Ahmaud Aubrey. Brianna Taylor, as well as countless others over the past years, has just really come to a head. And so we don't want you to think that we're ignoring that because we're not. We're very much aware. And we recorded the episode you're about to listen to before um, everything sort of came to a head. So don't think that we're ignoring it or being silent about it because we don't want to be. Yeah, we we both realize that we're uh, privileged to have been able to ignore it beforehand. Um, and we don't want to rest on that and just be silent about it. Um, we don't address it at all. In- in episode nine, the episode you're about to watch. Um, we actually recorded episode 10 a few days ago and we do address it then. I feel like there was a lot less out and we were a lot less mad at the time, but now we're, we're pretty mad and wanting to be pretty vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are here. We are aware. We're trying to learn. I'd say we both really want to learn. I just feel a lot of like uncertainty in what the best thing for us to do is. So we want to learn and follow people of color, what they have to say on the matter. Since it is a systemic issue, there needs to be a systemic solution. And it's not just, uh, well, I just need to change my attitude on the matter because it's bigger than just me or chance or another person. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, um, this episode is not us ignoring what's going on in the country. Um, it's just, we weren't at a place where we were aware at the time. We've actually been talking with a few uh, friends of ours who are people of color and talking about um, some ways that we might address this. Um, one of the ways that we've talked about, and we really want to know if our listeners would want to even hear this, but is a uh, kind of this style of podcast with uh, two of our friends who are people of color, um, kind of talking about issues, but then also to keep with our format, uh, doing it, doing the first episode of uh, Smart Guy, because it uses a lot of the Boy Meets World sets in the first episode. And we, I, we thought that might be fun, but that may just be something you're not interested in. We don't know. So do let us know. Um, could be something, something we could do, something we could listen to and listen to other people and what they have to say. Yeah, we're not changing our format. Um, we're still going to go through all of Boy Meets World. We're going to have fun. Um, we're going to be an escape for those who need it, but just know that uh, escapes are fine in small quantities. You have to engage with the world. You can't be silent. Uh, You got to keep going. Yes. And just one more clarifying note. Chance has something he does want to clarify about something he says in this episode that just might be a little muddied. I'll let you say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I say at one point, there's a point in this episode where uh, the the episode model family where Topanga gives Corey a Navajo book, like to be the perfect husband. Um, And I talk about how I don't, I don't remember exactly what I say, but I might say something like the Navajo were violent or something. All I mean is that the Navajo were a warrior tribe. Um, there were lots of Navajo wars before and after white men, although the Navajo wars, the incidents were all instigated by white men. We know this. And my only point is not all Navajo or Native Americans are violent, just that the Navajo were a warrior tribe, um, among other things. But a warrior tribe does not fit with Topanga's no weapons aesthetic mm-hmm. that uh, she normally has um so it just seems kind of weird that she would give him that book yeah so we hope you guys enjoy the episode we're gonna play it now um but thanks for taking a moment to listen to us um and i hope that um you continue to do so and that we can hear from some of you as well brought to you by larry's lobster locker unless someone real decides to sponsor us this is boy meets world fever 
I'm your host, Cameron. And I'm another host, Chance. Hey, Chance, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. We just had some delicious food. Mm-hmm. Some burritos. I was just feeling a burrito yeah? tonight, so I brought them for us. You're, you went got them from a restaurant that I've never heard good things about, but they were pretty good. Life's full of surprises. They are. They are. There was French fries in my burrito. Uh-huh. It's like the one thing that they do well at yeah. this restaurant that we're not going to name because... They're not a fictional restaurant that deserves yeah. our free advertising. They have their own advertising. They don't need us. Like hey. Larry's Lobster Locker. Hey, if you're a burrito chain that puts French fries in your burritos, sponsor us and we'll say your name, dang it. Yeah. It's a good idea. Those Californians know what's up. Is, are they California? Yeah, it's like a California thing. Do you think we're neglecting uh, Oahu Beach face savers? You know, they haven't said anything, so... Well, that's true. They they can't. Um, Judy should have probably known about uh-huh. them. Judy, queen of zits, who again is defaced uh-huh. in this episode. <laughs> no pun intended, but kind oh, of. Oh, pun completely intended. Good. Intend your puns like a man. So, uh, we've got some two pretty good episodes this week. Yes, they're so good. Kind of back to form. Um, maybe a perfection of said form. Said form so far yeah. in the series. It's interesting how we keep getting two meh episodes or two good episodes. Uh-huh. These are definitely two good episodes. And this week we actually skipped over another good episode. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about episode 117, The Fugitive, next week on its own. And this week, looking at the two that kind of bookend that one. Yep. And uh, Kid Gloves right after that is another yeah. one of my favorite episodes. It's just like when you think season one of Boy Meets World, like these are the four you think of. You said that to me earlier. Yeah. And I was thinking that independently too. Like even when I just think regular Boy Meets World, these are some episodes that come to mind. Yep. It's a it's a really good stretch of four episodes. Um, And then we've got... One more episode that really stands out to me, and then we're at the end of the season. And uh, it ends on a very, uh, meh, <laughs> nope. Yeah. But, kind of par for the course, really. Yep. Uh, but I'm excited for it. We're we're going to be done with season one. Then we've got we've got season a... Season two. Well, I was going to say we got a tournament episode oh, right. we got to play in. tournament of uh, champions, I yep. guess. So we're deciding what is the best episode of season one of Boy Meets World. What is objectively the best? Our opinions will be correct, and all opinions to the contrary will be wrong. It's true. We have it uh, verified. We will get it, um, what's the word, when someone notarized. Yes, we will get it notarized. Michael Jacobs himself has blessed us and said, yes, you guys can determine what is the best episode. And we take this very seriously. But I think that these episodes we're talking about today will be highly seated in that tournament. Yeah, they'll definitely be up there. Definitely. Um, I, we still haven't figured out how we're doing our tournament, so... So we can say whatever we want, and it might be true, because we decide how it works. Very, very true. So, I mean, is the banter over? Is that it? Do we just jump into it? I guess. I don't know what else to banter about. I'm pretty excited to talk about these episodes for once. I am too. I, am I too. say that sounds really bad to say for once I'm excited. Because I think every time we talk about these, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the time that we have going back and editing them and listening to them. It's a great experience overall. But well, I think after last some, week, some clunkers. I think after last week, the big problem with last week's episodes were that they were boring. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if an episode's bad. That gives us a lot to talk about. I mean, I don't know that there are bad episodes of Boy Meets World. Maybe we'll get there. But I think they committed a worse sin. They're just kind of boring. Uh-huh. Just they sort didn't... of cut and dry, kind of funny, kind of not. Yeah, and they were really out of place mm-hmm. in where we had gotten to. But this, I feel like, is in place. Mm-hmm. Very much in place. So today we're talking about episode 116, Model Family. We're skipping 117, Fugitive. We'll be coming back to that next week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do episode 118, It's a Wonderful Night. Uh-huh. 
All right, so I guess we might as well just jump right in. Mm-hmm. Episode 116, Model Family. Yeah, definitely. Who's synopsizing? I don't even know. Um, you do it. Okay, I'll synopsize Model Family. Um, Model Family has two almost A-plots that uh, run alongside each other. Corey has got a uh, assignment at school to create a family uh, where everyone is the ideal version of their counterpart. Um, we'll get to that. And <laughs> Eric is discovered as a model. He's the model part of model family, and Corey is the family part of model uh, family. So kind of the model part, too. Just like I, being ideal. Yeah. This model of what a family should be. It's the first title that's super clever. Uh-huh. And it makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't just flabbergast me with why it exists. It's not a reference to a musical number from a 1940s Broadway show that nobody's ever heard of yeah. or uh, anything like that. So, Or a Boys to Men song, which people have heard of. Yeah, but well, that one's just boys to just, men. Just just the name boys to men. Yeah, uh, grandma was a Rolling Stone for some odd reason, even though she makes a Johnny Cash reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a good title. Good job, ABC. You're getting better. <clears throat> you did it. Took you 16 episodes, but you nailed it. You got well. The pilot was a pretty good. Oh yeah, that was bold, <laughs> bold, bold and original. Calling it pilot. So that's what happens in these episodes, um, episode. or just this episode. You'll be synopsizing the mm-hmm. next one. Don't, don't step on my turf. It's true. Uh, so let's get into it. All right. So we start with a clip from Leave It to Beaver. Yes. Strangely. Yes. That it seems like an odd thing to be watching in class. Uh huh. That's kind of my question because they're talking about families and kind of the ideal family and solving problems as a family and. I guess overall, in terms of the episode, I feel like this is the weakest part. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yes. Like, in terms of an assignment. Like, you're going to become a family unit, and you'll have a crisis that you're trying to navigate. And it's just like... And even Corey says, we did this in fifth grade. Like, this is old news. Mm-hmm. And I guess I have trouble figuring out why. Why like, they're doing fun, the assignment. Like, it's a fun plot, I guess. But yeah. in terms of school... It doesn't make a lot of sense. I remember doing something like this in home ec class, mm-hmm. but it was more focused on like, you have a job, you make this much money, these are your expenses, you have a checkbook that you have to balance because we had that back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of made sense. You had to raise a little egg baby mm-hmm. um, like, because I, I don't know. But here it just, it seems weird. Yeah, I agree. I'm not 100% sure what the point of the assignment is. We actually did this assignment kind of, sort of, in ninth grade. Uh-huh. In our, uh, I, I may have brought it up before, I may not have, but we had a really weird PE class. <laughs> that was Sounds actually, like well, because it was physical education and it really was like, physical education we did like a self-esteem unit oh that's nice uh we did an a unit on domestic violence and eating disorders um and like we would do like an in-class unit and then an active unit Uh so like i remember our first unit ever was archery Oh, that's cool. It was. It was really cool. And then, like, we did a we did a ballroom dance unit. It was a really weird PE was class. Was this in Montana? This was. This wow. was. Her name was uh, Miss D. Miss and D in Montana. Thank good job putting Mr. Feeney to shame. Yeah. And Mr. Liner. Miss D was a was that's a really my last cool. Name. I don't think I ever said. Yes. Yes. Now you know his full name. You can find him. Tweet at me, but only nice things. Yeah, only nice things. Um, but yeah, so we had a really weird, and then one of them was kind of this this sort of unit, uh-huh. and uh, but it was kind of the same. Uh, I, I remember it so well because our class had a lot more boys than girls. Mm-hmm. So me and three other guys were actually paired as single roommates. Oh, that's fun. And we like sort of sitcommy in its own way. 
Yeah, it was. But we we had to like pick a city, find an apartment in that city. Like we were given like a job randomly and whether or not we had kids randomly. And I remember I had no kids uh, and like all my finances were to me and I was like a software engineer or something like that. Oh my. So the assignment was very easy for me. Living in the lap of luxury. Yeah. And we also like decided we needed no furniture, but the best TV possible uh-huh. in our That's apartment. true. That is actually true to life. So yeah. yeah. Um, furniture doesn't matter. I don't know why that unit sticks out to me so well, but I think it's funny. <laughs> but yes. I um, think I can tell why. It was a very, very different than this. I think the reason that Feeney is doing this unit, well, I don't know about the reason he's doing this unit, but I think the twist is everyone's ideal is something different. Uh-huh. I think that's what he's trying to get across. Yeah, there's definitely a life lesson that he's getting across, which I think is valuable. But from like a teaching standpoint, it's like you have so much that you have to cover. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this what you're focusing on? But again, it can, you can make it cross-curricular if it's like your family and maybe there's just like a math piece that we're not seeing. Yeah. And it's kind of a fun way to incorporate math and thinking about it in real world application, which is good, but we just don't see that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, and I think Feeney could definitely... I don't know, explain it better. I'm like kind of getting in his head and being like, I think this is what he's saying. Uh But what he's saying is, Leave it to Beaver was TV's ideal family, Uh but there's nothing real about that. So let's have real people try to be the ideal family by having each other be what they think, what having other people be what you think you want. Uh Yeah, because the assignment sets up, I don't think we've said it, but Corey and Topanga are the mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then Minkus and Sean are the brothers, the kids. And there's no one else in this class. No one else in this class. Who knows what anybody else is doing? But the point of the assignment is, like, Corey creates, like, a list or, like, sets up an ideal for, like, this is what an ideal wife or, like, partner is. This is what I would be looking for. And this is what Topanga would then embody in. She would do the same for Corey. And then Sean does so thinking the ideal brother that Minkus would become and then Minkus for Sean. Yeah. And they, I guess the assignment is then they have to work out a family dispute. Uh A family dispute kind of portraying the ideal selves that they've become. Yeah. It's a weird assignment for sure. I know we're focusing a lot on the assignment, but. I mean, it comes up later. It's so interesting that I think it bears talking about. Not because it's like, we got to figure this out. But I just think it's so, it's kind of wild. Yeah, it's kind of a wild assignment. And, uh, well... I don't want to jump ahead to the the uh, kitchen scene just yet because I want to talk about the kitchen scene. Uh, the other scenes having to do with this assignment are so good. They are. They are. And so I love this setup in terms of story, but just in terms of like actual classroom assignment, it's just very weird. Yeah, it's very weird. And I'm <clears throat> oh excuse me, I'm so sorry. I'm not sure how uh, it would be graded. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm not sure what the I guess I'm not sure what the assignment is. I guess I get I, I get the parameters of what they're supposed to do, uh-huh. but I don't know what the assignment yeah. is. Is your presentation at the end your assignment we'll get to that um yes there's this i did notice it seems weird i feel like everything feels a little darker in this episode just like in terms of color tone like just the way that it looks it looks a little bit darker i have no idea why even like i noticed it in the classroom but i feel like even in their house set it looked this way too could it be could it be uh, contrast to how bright the mall is because I feel maybe, like maybe but I feel like I felt it before the mall even came into view like the first classroom scene first thing you see I'm just like it feels darker hmm. like richer tones or something I don't know 
I wonder why. Who can say? But yes, um, they have that, and then they are at the mall. Yeah, um, we meet a very important character, who I'm sure will be with us for a very long time. Uh Jason. Jason. Yes, played by Jason Marsden. Also the name of the character. Yes, so we realize this right before recording, that he is credited as Jason Marsden, and the actor's name is Jason Marsden. So, spot on job there, I guess. Uh It was a really delightful introduction of him as a character. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're at the mall. He and Eric is they because he's Eric's friend. Um, they've been friends they since, said, they, were since they were three, so yeah. for a very long time. I was saving that for the timeline, but yes, yeah, but it's still it bears saying here. Um, and they're talking about you know the things that Eric always talks about, just like trying to pick up girls at the mall. And Jason's like, just for once, I would want a like, girl to come up to me and say, Hi, I've been looking at you <laughs> from across the way, and I just think we really have something here. Would you like to come talk to me? Yeah. Something along those lines. And then the uh, guest star from the episode comes and uh, says that to Eric. Yeah. Uh, what's her name again? In the show? In the episode or in real life? In real life. Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland. And I know she's in the Lethal Weapon movies? Uh, she's a supermodel. Oh, Okay. I've seen her in at least one Lethal uh-huh. Weapon movie. She also has a furniture line or like a home decor line, which I only know because I worked for a company that did a lot of home decor. And so I got familiar with a lot of the brands. But we had used to have a vase that was from the Kathy Ireland Home Collection. And I would think of this episode whenever I saw that vase. Oh, wow. Okay. I had no idea. I think I recognized her from Lethal Weapon. I could be entirely wrong. Who knows? Um, I don't think that's what she's most famous for, though. It's this episode, Supermodel, and then her home decor collection. And, and then Lethal Weapon. And then Lethal Weapon. I'm getting too old for this. Nonsense. I won't cuss. <laughs> too old for this stuff. Too old for this cuss. <laughs> anyway. Um, we just watched Fantastic Mr. Fox today with the boys. Oh. And that's like one of my favorite parts of that movie. Is like, are you cussing with me? Oh, yes. Like every time they would say a cuss word, they say the word cuss. Because it's like a children's book. Yeah. Um, and it's just so funny. I remember you loving that movie in college. I will admit, I have not seen it since college when I watched it uh-huh. with you one time. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus now. Ooh. Um, but my wife and I even dressed up as Mr. and Mrs. Fox for Halloween one year. I think I remember that. It was pretty cool. It, it was what it was. All right. Unrelated to anything that we're talking about right now. Um, and this is an episode we have a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about because it's great. Yes. Um, uh, the first thing, did you ever go pick up girls at the mall? No. I never had a mall. We, never, we didn't have a mall either. Like junior and senior year, we lived in a town that was close to a city with a mall but i wouldn't go do that yeah i might I... go to gamestop in the coffee place there and that's about it because you hate coffee well they have non-coffee things okay i was like you hate coffee very sweet frappuccino like drinks that are just lots of sugar and very tasty okay okay i yeah i was i can't picture you at a coffee place anyway uh, yeah, I never had a mall to go pick up girls at, uh-huh. and I think we were at the tail end of malls uh-huh. in general. Um, does this still happen? Do you guys go to malls to meet girls? I don't know. My students sometimes talk about going to the mall. I'm curious where malls will be, like economically speaking. After the but thing this... we shouldn't talk about because uh-huh. we want to give people an escape from the nightmare that's going on outside these walls. True. <laughs> but so, I mean, I don't know. Will there still be malls? Maybe. They were kind of in a rough spot before, so we'll see. Not important. I, it was once Suncoast went out, malls went out. <laughs> they actually Sun got rid of Walden books. Oh, Walden books. Yeah. Uh, actually, Suncoast may still be in malls. It's been so long since I've been um, in one. I have no idea. But that was my store back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's a good store. All right, and then uh, so Eric. So yes, Kathy Ireland comes and says. 
I've been watching you. I think you got a good look. Do you think you could become a model? Like you should become a model. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Eric gets discovered at the mall. Um, it's funny though, because as Jason was saying all those lines and he's like praying, like, can you please just let this happen once? And uh, then she comes and says that to Eric. And then yeah. Jason's like, you missed. Yeah. And then <laughs> he comes back with, uh, he comes back with, hi, I'm the one you really want to talk to. Uh, Eric was just standing in my spot when the miracle occurred. <laughs> Yeah, so Jason's very funny. Um, he's got a good... I feel like he has a good energy yep. as a character. He's got a good energy. Uh, he plays off Eric very well. He's very funny. Kind of slimy. A little slimy. Slimy in a way. Um, and then... Uh, like what Sean could be mm-hmm. if Sean didn't have Corey. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And then uh, they set up for a joke later by having like, Eric, take me with you. Why would I do that? And then they have a little back and forth. He's like, are you going to choose her over me? We've been friends since third grade. And then they both look at her, look back at each other... And he goes, well, see ya. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a funny little callback that we get later. Or since they were three years old, not third grade. Uh-huh. And knew it was a three something. Something with a three. Don't tweet at us. I actually do tweet at us. But not about that. Yeah. Well, unless just, you want to. Yeah, you can tweet at us about how long Jason and Eric have been friends. We like that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, then there that's kind of that scene. Eric gets discovered at the mall mm-hmm. to become a model. We cut back right in the kitchen. Yes. This scene. I have it written down right here. This scene is it. <laughs> this... This is what season one is. Uh-huh. Like Corey, Sean, Topanga, and Minkus. Yeah, they're playing off each other. They're playing off each other super well. Uh-huh. Um, they've got they've got great chemistry. The four the four kids do. Um I don't know, it's very funny and it just works. And I would wonder if scenes like these are why future seasons will focus away from the family and more towards uh-huh. the kids the kids and their friend groups. Because this scene, it just works. It's uh-huh. maybe Eric meeting Carrie Russell and this scene <laughs> are probably my two take a drink. favorite. Yes, take a drink. Um, but they are probably my two favorite scenes in the entire first season so far. Uh-huh. I do like when they're in the class at the end of this episode too. Oh no, I do. I do as well. But I just like, when I was watching this scene, I'm like, I don't know what black magic, what witchcraft is going on here. <laughs> but every every moment of this scene is firing and it's good. And I just want to watch these kids banter. Uh-huh. Yeah, they all do a very good job. So this is when they tell each other who their ideal person is. Starting with Topanga telling Corey. Again, Topanga very problematically is like, oh, here, be vaguely new age. Uh-huh. Wanting to follow the Navajo spiritual path. Yep. Which Corey correctly points out, like, there's only one problem. I'm not a Navajo. But Topanga also points out, you don't have to be a Navajo to follow their traditions. That's true. But at the same time, she's also doing a lot of things that aren't Navajo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Navajo were a fairly violent people, so I mean, not always violent. They had they were uh-huh. a multifaceted culture, but they were a warlike tribe. Uh huh. Yeah. So they're setting up for that. Corey gives his list to Topanga, and it's like play video games. We'll we'll let him win. Let him win at video games. Yes, and uh, like always be ready to play street hockey mm-hmm. like at any time of day and all this stuff. To which Topanga responds, "Why don't you just marry Sean?" And then we get the first, well, maybe the second boy meets world gif of the series sean looking just disgusted <laughs> i don't think they look disgusted i think they look kind of like puzzled i think Corey looks puzzled i think sean's just like huh? <laughs> <laughs> i just did the face it was perfect uh-huh. he nailed it i thought Ryder strong was in the room um maybe someday maybe someday well probably never in the room never in the room but 
talking with us. We can hope. We can hope. Anyway. We can dream. Um, but then Corey just responds, which I thought was good. It wasn't just like, ugh, gross. It was just like, no, our kids would look like horses. Yeah, it's very, it's very <laughs> funny. Uh... <laughs> But yes, uh, it's a very funny moment. And then uh, Minkus gives his list to Sean, uh-huh. which is... Fairly comprehensive. A thesis. It's like 60 pages, I think he says. Yeah. He said he's had a lot of time to think about it. Yep. Because uh, Minkus is an only child, so mm-hmm. we get that. Yeah, we get that too. And then, uh, does Sean give Minkus his list? No. The Eric comes in while after Sean tosses Minkus' mm-hmm. list away. Yeah, so Eric comes in and just like pops up on the counter and kind of that classic laying down hand up on your arm. No one can see what I'm doing, but again, yes. I'm doing it perfectly. Yeah, I mean, Cameron actually was a model after the show Pigs and the basketball so mm-hmm. no I, I wasn't that's a lie i am lying the other things are true that one is not um yes but he comes in and talks about don't hate me because i'm beautiful yeah kind of that idea and he performs a uh, perfume commercial uh-huh. in his mind <laughs> it's so funny which i don't understand Obsession. we did do that at the same time without planning it it and was great Corey goes get help yep. <laughs> I tried to do it at the same time, but I was laughing. Again, kind of ignoring the fact that someone in that room used to have feelings for him. I'm just saying. Well, that's that's the last episode. It's over. Yeah. Two episodes ago now. It's basically like it never happened. It, it's true. She she got over him real quick. Uh-huh. His talk to her really set her straight. Yeah. And probably him acting like a total dweeb right here. Yes, Help. definitely. And uh, they are like, oh, you got discovered at the mall, did you? Uh-huh. And it's funny that they all know that it's a scam. Some like that um but eric doesn't which is again maybe eric is dumb like he's already dumb <laughs> yeah eric might already be dumb uh-huh. but maybe he's not dumb because minkus did it too he got discovered very smart got discovered at the mall and then eric don't <laughs> yeah he's like oh no it, it is a scam they picked up minkus as well uh i just thought him yelling like, don't and then falling over on the counter was <laughs> very good uh physical comedy uh-huh. and then the parents come in mm-hmm. uh they explain the scam to the parents and the dad lifts him up off the counter to yell at him it's very funny i uh, loved it yeah i just feel like every character in this episode is like hitting on all cylinders oh i 100 agree they are all funny uh cory and sean are the right amount of mean uh-huh. like they're not like bullyish yeah they're not being they're not crossing that line into bully uh and minkus is like giving as good as he's getting yep um, so it's not like he's the victim. It's just sort of like this back and forth that they do. Topanga may be a little underserved just because she's more of a set piece than a character. Mm-hmm. But then again, she gets a really good moment towards the end. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like every everything looks good. Um, yeah, this is a great scene. The dad, uh, or the dad. I just, Alan. Yes, Alan. Alan is mad, but Amy wants to talk to him. Uh-huh. Pulls him out into the backyard. They have, apparently it's a common thing, because it's happened before, where they, he wants to go talk to Corey, and she pulls him aside. Happens in the next happens episode. Happens in the next episode again, where it's like, she's not wanting to undermine him, but wanting to like get a plan in place. Yeah. To show like parents are united in whatever they're doing, but maybe Alan's a bit of a hothead. Yeah, uh, Alan is definitely getting but kind of a, a righteous hothead. Uh-huh. He's like well-meaning. He's it's not like well this is a little bit unnecessary. Yeah, it's like Eric is being frivolous with his money, not for like just throwing it away. They think 
And in the other episode, like, Corey is like, oh, woe is me. My family doesn't care about me. And, and so he wants uh, B to... B-team for life. Yeah, and B-team for life in the last episode. So we see those moments, like, he's wanting to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't always think um, before he does it. Or come to a game plan. So we see that with them. Alan says the line, similar to something I've said on this show, where he says, I know a little better than to trust my own kids. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because he, he wants Eric to go and demand his money back. And Amy's saying... We need to let him make a mistake. Yep. Like sometimes you kids have to make their own mistakes. Or yeah, trust him and he'll learn from his mistake. Uh-huh. Yeah, like if it's a, he'll learn about money and like to be wiser with his money yep. if he loses some and like feels it. You know, there, there's probably a big topic here because she says we've made mistakes with money. Let him. And, and you know, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, that's right. That's a good learning tool. And there's another part of me that's like, well, but isn't the point of you making the mistakes so you can help Provide prevent wisdom. others uh-huh. from making the same? Um, but I mean, either. Either way, is good television. Yeah. And 90 bucks isn't a small amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not life But it's not, yeah. It's, I mean, it could be, I guess. But not in this scenario of like if a you middle bet class. On neck flap? <laughs> maybe. Or nah, don't bet on nah. But um, yeah, maybe like a middle class white kid, 90 bucks isn't going to change the course of his life. Yeah. Other than to be a valuable lesson. But Eric comes out, basically says exactly what Amy said. And the dad is just standing there, just stunned at what happened. Uh And Amy maybe earns my MVP for this episode when she says, Don't worry, honey, I married you for your body. And then smacks him on the (laughs) Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Smacks him on the what? On the booty. (laughs) But it's so funny. I don't Uh, know how to bleep things out. uh, Maybe we can just mute that moment. (laughs) Or maybe we leave it in. Smacks him on the behind yep smacks him on the booty this is a kids show family friendly chance uh, we've got some swears coming up i think in season two or maybe three i don't remember we did have a racial slur already yeah but. so yeah we're a we're a very edgy podcast <laughs> we're trying to work our way towards that explicit tag yeah. on itunes but yes she she just it's so funny when mm-hmm. she's like i'm married you, you for, for your, your body, body. smack, smack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then aaron goes back to the mall <laughs> goes up to Kathy Ireland saying that he needed to get his money back and she tells him that he has a job. Yep. A job for him. And then she's like, just knew when I looked in your hazel eyes, something about his hazel eyes. Or, uh, no, she, he says, basically he's saying like, oh, I think this is a scam. And she's like, well, I got you a job, but you're not the only tall, handsome boy with big hazel eyes. That's right. He's like, they're brown. But a hazily brown. Hazily brown. <laughs> <laughs> just like totally just like bashful yeah of. i mean she's a supermodel what uh-huh. what, what chance what, does eric what, he doesn't stand a chance he doesn't stand um, a chance so yeah then eric goes back home and yes like tells his like, parents. we've he already goes, said he went back goes back home and tells his parents like he's gonna quit his job at the supermarket yes. turns in his apron which i have a question about uh-huh. where was he keeping that apron eric can't drive he comes back from yeah, the mall. He must just always have it in his jacket. Yeah. Is, ready to go. Is Eric's apron just always in his jacket? Uh-huh. Well, when you work at a supermarket, you never know when you're going to be called in. <laughs> He's got to have it with him. He's got his them. pager on him, like, emergency at the supermarket. I got to go. I like apron to, up. I like to think he was trying to be dramatic, so he climbed up to his room via the tree outside, uh-huh. grabbed his grabbed apron. It, came back and went around. He yes. must have done that. It make it it only makes sense. You know, Occam's razor, the simplest explanation is probably the right one. I'm just, just saying. In TV. 
Um, yes, and so he says he's going to quit his job because he got this gig yeah, modeling. Um, and is it just me or do his parents like take this so seriously? Like you're ruining your life by quitting this job working at a grocery store when you're 15 years old. To do this other thing that's making you money, like it could be an opportunity and it's something you're maybe interested in. Maybe it's a scam, maybe it's not. But they're like, you can't just throw your life away by quitting your job at the supermarket. I think it's more. I mean, I think you're right. I think that is the thing. But I think what we're supposed to take from it is that they trusted Eric to make the right choice, the 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 sensible choice. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't make the right or sensible choice, when he makes the foolish choice, uh-huh. which I think, you know, this is foolish. Um, very few people make it in modeling. Um, but he could do it. But, well, I mean, I think he did do it. I think he was modeled before this, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Will Fidel, I mean. But um, they trusted him and he did not validate that trust. And I think that's why they're so... Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just this kind of like, you're sort of blowing this out of proportion. If he's like, hey, I actually got a gig. But I guess what I don't understand it, I guess the crazy part is you don't have to quit your job to go do a one-time modeling gig. Yeah, and I think if he had been like, hey, I got this modeling gig, but I'm still going to keep my job because that could just be a one-off thing. I think they would have been like, smart. Yeah, that's sensible. sensible. Like, and he's not being that. It does seem at the same time, though, like, it's not like he's 25, got a stable job, yeah, people in his family to provide for. And he's like, I'm quitting my job to do this thing. It's like, he's a 15 year old kid but that's neither here nor there yeah it's it's complicated i think um but i think the reactions are very funny mm-hmm. uh amy saying alan i'm letting you out of your cage and him throwing that newspaper uh-huh. behind himself <laughs> again Corey's very like funny watching all of it yeah Corey's watching all of it in a stereotypical yoga pose uh-huh. reading a navajo book yes so he's trying whatever some of the most effort we've seen him put into his schoolwork well he loves topanga it's all there he wants to he's be here because topanga yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, he's just reading a book about Navajo. Cool. Uh, just so you know, actually, Navajo is one of my top three favorite Native American tribes as far as history and mythology is concerned. I have no, I don't have a ranking system for everything like you do, so. I just really like Navajo history and uh, mythology. I think it's really good. Cool. Skinwalkers. Okay, I was about to say, is that is that Navajo? Those are very interesting. Yep. And terrifying. And terrifying. Especially if you've read a certain book series. But we're not plugging that either. I will plug the Dresden Files any day. But let's go on. Yeah, so Corey's there and he's asking his dad after the kind of blow up with Eric. Like, why are you doing this? Or why aren't you doing that? He's trying to learn to be a good father. Yeah. Kind of for his assignment. But he's just like, how am I going to learn to be a model father? To like be a good father? And Alan's answer is just, ask your wife. Ask your wife. Yeah. See, this is where I think this episode takes the biggest misstep though i think there has to be a scene a scene with the kids working on the assignment that we missed Mm -hmm. because i think the idea here is that Corey thinks well you get the assignment you plan out the assignment you execute the assignment and you've done you've done well Mm -hmm. and he's wondering well dad you had a plan you executed that plan and now you're not doing that plan that doesn't make any sense to me Mm -hmm. like because this assignment makes me smart about about this like i'm gonna get an a because i'm gonna do this assignment exactly right for once yes um so i think i think there like is a scene missing Uh because you have to infer a lot of that from like later in the episode and before the episode Mm mm-hmm 
Um, which I, I don't mind. I think this episode is great and paced really well. But this this exchange between Corey and Alan seems... I feel like you need future knowledge. Yeah, there need, there's something not there. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, a scene is removed where they're like talking about it more or something becomes yeah. clearer. Where they're like planning the assignment. They're like, this is going to go perfectly and we're uh-huh. going to get a perfect grade and be the ideal family. Yeah, because in the next scene... We are in class, mm-hmm. and they're presenting. Panga's in the Phillies jersey. Corey has the headband with the feather. You know, it is what it is. Probably, it, it, probably shouldn't be. Yeah, it's a little problematic, especially sitting what we would consider in the 90s Indian style. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just kind of a mess in that regard. Um, yeah. But then Sean is dressed up looking kind of like Minkus. Mm-hmm. Minkus looks like an even like harder-edged Sean. Yeah, I think it's just, <laughs> just like sitting slouched back in the chair with like this man. I really wish I could be anywhere else but here. Kind of look on his face. Yeah, and the assignment is that they need to ta- discuss as a family whether or not Minkus should get a tattoo. Should get a tattoo. So they're acting, I guess. Uh huh. Topanga is like we've talked about this tattoo. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just like that. And then Corey is like, well, his body is his temple, and he should and he- be able to decorate his <laughs> temple however he wants. Uh And Sean is like, anybody that would want to do that is like ridiculous. And Minkus is like, I forget exactly what he says. I really enjoyed this part. So I do want to get it right. Because he goes, I think anyone who would want to adorn their body permanently with body art. (laughs) And then he like breaks character. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm such a good nerd. I I terrified myself. And then Minkus comes back, like, with all these insults, and Feeney reminds him, you know, at the end of this, you will be you, and he will be him, and natural selection will prevail again. Uh-huh. So he gives him five bucks. Yes. And Sean's response is, hey, keep talking. <laughs> Takes a five bucks. Which, again, this scene, these four kids. Uh-huh. I just love play it. off each other so well when they get to. Yeah. I feel like so much of this show has been like Corey and Sean, or Corey and Topanga, or Minkus and Sean, or Minkus and Corey, Minkus mm-hmm. and Topanga. It's not really been all four. And now that it's all four, it's just like, oh, it's just so good. Yeah, it I is. I want more of it, and I'm so sad. Spoiler alert. We don't have it. Yeah, there's not a lot more of this. There is a few scenes I can think of coming up, which it's just the four of them together. But and it makes you kind of sad that Minkus isn't in the rest of the show because it could have mm-hmm. been something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm curious why. <clears throat> we need to find out before we get into season two. Lee Norris, we need to talk to you. Uh-huh. So um, then yes. Minkus reveals that he, his character, I guess, went and got the tattoo anyway. And he rips open his shirt and he has this tattoo as like a dragon. Yep. Like on his bare chest. He's just like holding his shirt open in his hundred layers like they all wear. <laughs> it's very... thing is just like, Mink or Stuart, a tattoo. It speaks to me. Yep. And he talks about how he decided to solve the the uh, problem like problem Sean would. going and doing it. By going and doing uh-huh. it. And Sean goes, Minkus, you have a dark side. It speaks, it speaks to, to me. me. <laughs> so this brings up the question... Ooh. of the episode. If you were to get a chest tattoo, what would you get? <laughs> okay, I've actually thought about this a lot. Um, he did not prepare me for this. I really do just have this answer ready to go. It's a very nerdy answer. Oh boy. Because I don't believe in meaningful tattoos. Like, people, you know, get Bible verses or they get, like, the death of loved ones. I think that's all great. Do whatever you want. But to me, there's, like, and and this is for me. If you do this, this is great. Go ahead. But for me, there's, like, a false sincerity of that. Like, I wouldn't do that because I would feel like I was being falsely sincere. So, meaningful tattoos, me, no. (laughs) Tattoo, you, no. Well, meaningful tattoo. 
But I love the franchise Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted a... So it's Jigglypuff busting out of your chest. I mean, maybe, but no. Uh, I've always wanted a tattoo that like starts on my arm or starts on my upper chest or somewhere. And it's a Pokeball and then it's a line down of my favorite Pokemon from each generation. Oh, and then you can just add on. Yeah. Keep every generation one comes... Every generation I get a new favorite, he like gets added to the uh-huh. to the chain. Nice. Down my arm or down my... I, I wouldn't want it on my back because I'd want to be able to see it. Mm. So that would be my chest tattoo. Yeah. I don't know. Probably something classic like a barbed wire or a, like something's ripped my chest open and stuff's coming out. No, probably not that. I think those are kind of... If you have those, not really my style. But probably, yeah, something kind of nerdy or... I'm thinking of, like, big, like, franchises that I've really enjoyed, like uh, Fire Emblem. I mean, the Fire Emblem Shield. Would be really cool. Or um, even, like, Final Fantasy or something. There was a a big tattoo of Cloud right on my chest. (laughs) Cloud, not like Cloud's sword or... Both. No, just Cloud. Just his face. Just Cloud. His dreamy eyes. Um, there was a tattoo that a graphic designer friend of mine and I worked on a little bit that was like a hill with a katana in it with cherry blossoms around it. It was kind of cool. But I would also feel, what's the, what's the word? Poser. A a poser. Appropriator. A weeb. (laughs) (laughs) And a dweeb. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to do that. I would go with the Pokemon idea. Um, I've also seen people with like the chest tattoo that looks like their skin is coming off and the Superman S is under it, which I don't love because it's your skin, not like a shirt. Uh-huh. But but the Superman logo would be cool. Yep, Maybe a little logo. bit presumptuous. Yeah. Is that the word? It just um, feels wrong to say, look at me, I'm Superman and I'm very much not. There's a comedian with a joke like that. It's like, every time you walk by a Superman shirt, don't you kind of want to take out a gun and shoot him and go, guess not. <laughs> if you're that comedian. I think it might be Dane Cook, which is going to embarrass me because he's not very funny. But, you know, we all have a past. We all have a dark side that speaks to Sean. But yes, so he gets the uh, chest tattoo. Uh-huh. Oh, and we want to know, at home, what is your chest tattoo? <laughs> or any tattoo. Maybe you want a face tattoo. I don't know. You do you. You do you. But yes, so uh, Feeny says they did the assignment well, and mm-hmm. that wakens Corey to families aren't ideal. Well, we're going to get to that. First, though, the Geography B plaques are on the wall. Oh. I noticed behind Minkus you see the Geography B plaques. Um, but I guess the lesson... Wait, is this paper up there? No. Oh, it's sad. It is sad. It's just the five. Well, you know, a, a person came in and was like, that's a FERPA violation. Uh-huh, so he took it down. Maybe he took it down right away because maybe he knew. And he's like, I can't leave this up. I don't think Feeney knew what FERPA was before this year. Maybe not. But I, had them, I wrote down the lesson, which is like, there is no model household... Um, basically that's all it's like there is no like this is ideal like the cleavers and leave it to beaver there is no ideal like that and Corey says the line i guess it's easy to sound smart when you've got the best writers in hollywood writing everything you say to which feeney's response is i wouldn't know <laughs> yes the, the uh, maybe the first meta joke yeah definitely that self-reflexive humor um, that i love and it, it 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 comes back in later seasons for sure mm-hmm. but yeah i laughed i had a good belly laugh at yeah. that line but yeah i guess the the theme is there is no model family no ideal family of like what we should all be looking for trying to attain um which is I think true. Yeah. Family can look like a lot of different things. So, yeah, and then this this wraps up Corey's A plot, basically. Uh-huh. Um, but it we almost needed... feels more like a B plot. 
Yeah, I don't really know. I think both plots are really prominent, mm-hmm. but we do need Corey's to wrap up earlier because we need him to not be thinking about that when he and Sean are at the mall. To the mall. So apparently, the entire Matthews family plus Sean is at the mall. It's just what they do. Yeah, they're they're all there. Yeah, but Eric is there for his modeling gig. Is feeling very fancy. Sort of like big stuff. He's got two girls on his arms yes. um, that are there to see him model whatever it is he's going to be doing. Yeah, they're the girls who hangs out with him uh-huh. because he's a model. Because he's a model. And so they do that uh, or they go and he sends him with Jason. It's like, be back here at four because that's when I'm going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I'll be back at four. And so then he goes and gets changed and he wear, he's wearing a giant lobster costume. Which is not that big a deal, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like, especially maybe it was just me and my friend group in high school. But if I had an event where I was wearing a giant lobster costume, I think I would really enjoy that and so would my friends. Like, we would think that that's really fun and funny. Yeah, I agree. I I think we all would have gone to see a friend in a lobster costume. And yeah, we would have teased him a little bit. Yeah, that's the fun of it. Yeah, I don't know. But Eric's not here for that. (laughs) Eric is not here for that. And then he... It, hides from Corey and Sean. Uh-huh. It is so funny though before that where he's talking to Kathy Ireland mm, again yes. and he's like I don't want people to don't people just gawk at you like you're less than human like I don't want that and then she's just like looks at him like straight face and just like been there done that. Welcome to the world <laughs> uh, professional modeling. Uh-huh. It was just like another kind of meta joke knowing who she is. Being a supermodel. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been, what, this was 1997 at this point? This is still 94. Or, yeah, 90... 97. 94, you're right. Sorry. What's wrong with you? Um, But, yes, so this is 1990... This is 1994, so we are 26 years removed from this episode. And if someone was going to pay me 50 bucks to dress up like a lobster and get dunked in a vat of, I guess, butter? Yellow I'd do water. it. Yeah, of course. I'd, I'd do it. Like... With pride. It's a fun experience. And I get 50 bucks. Uh-huh. Heck yeah. Yeah. And so Eric isn't feeling it though. And he's trying to get Corey and Sean to get Jason and the girls to go. Yeah. Like leave. Because he doesn't want them to see him. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't help that Morgan comes and is like, Eric, it's my brother, Eric. That's Eric, my brother, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Amy is just kind of there for for all of it like Uh she doesn't say anything she doesn't comment uh is alan there nope alan is not there he's the only he's maybe just working late at the grocery store yep yep and uh it's very funny uh morgan's reaction and they get jason to take the girls away but as they're leaving it is announced Mm -hmm. that if you dunk the lobster you get a free lobster dinner so they larry's lobster locker i I guess the word would be seduce him in to winning them a lobster dinner? Uh-huh. I mean... Is that the... The next episode shows us they're good at that. Yeah, I, I get... We'll, we'll talk about that scene. I got some... Please give me a lobster dinner. I've got some things to say about that but scene. would you eat a lobster dinner from a mall food court? Well, I, I don't know that we know it's a lobster from... Or the... I you see know. the shop, Larry's Lobster Locker, in the background. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's one of the food court food areas. Mmm. Food court lobster. It just doesn't seem... Maybe it's like one of those Chili's twos. It's like in there, (laughs) Uh but it's more like a restaurant inside than it is. No, it didn't look like it, but... Man, when was the last time you thought about a Chili's two? It's been a while. I'll just say that. I hate it one... I hit it one in an airport. Somewhere. I hit it one in an airport. I was dying from mono at the time. Aw, when you got mono in Bangladesh. Uh-huh. And 
it was just a miserable experience. I did not enjoy myself. I don't think it was Chili's 2 that did it or that made that made it a miserable experience. I think it was all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But not a good time. Right after that, we saw Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I mean, it was that weeks was after that. Yes, I was mostly recovered. Um, yes, yeah, so Jason goes and it basically it's a dunk tank that yeah. they set Eric up in in a lobster costume. It's like dunk the lobster in the butter to win a free lobster dinner from Larry's Lobster Locker. And Jason goes and he throws the ball, drops him in the well, tank of butter. Eric tries to convince him not to. Oh, He's yes. like, don't do it, Jason. We've been friends for so long. Don't do it. Would you choose these girls over me? And then they look at each other, look at the two girls. Eric's just like, see ya. <laughs> Eric like, see ya. Bringing that joke back in the best way. Uh-huh. It's just and a good little reverse. Apparently Jason is quite the sportsman. Uh-huh. Do you, how many people do you think they let particip- that do that? Because the very first throw that we see in the whole thing, somebody wins. Are they just giving away a ton of lobster? Maybe it's just the spectacle of it happening one time. Uh-huh. They're just like trying to get their name out there yeah. by having it happen the one time. Maybe that's what we need to do. Lobster dunk tank. Boy meets world fever. At where? At the mall. At Sooner Mall. At Sooner Mall in Norman, Oklahoma? <laughs> I don't know that that would... One of the saddest malls. I've, I have lived here for two years now. You've lived here what, four? Almost four. It'll be four in October. Yeah, it'll be four. It'll be two for me in August. But I've never been to Sooner Mall. Not even one time. We go often because there's like a play area. Ooh. And so it's nice if it's like really cold or rainy for the boys to go play. And there's Chick-fil-A there. Yeah, but there's Chick-fil-A everywhere. Well, I mean, yeah. It's not the closest one to my house. It's the furthest one from my house here. But it's still nice. Okay. I need to go to Sooner Mall. Maybe I'm missing something. Not really. I don't think the things that I just said that were appealing for me are appealing to you. No, not even in the slightest. No. But yeah, so, I mean, he gets dunked in the tank, and then is the next scene him and his dad? Uh-huh. In the final scene. Yeah. Well, second final scene. Okay. We have Corey, Corey at the mall at the end. Oh, right. Yeah. That's true. Um, But yeah, Eric's trying to beg for his job back, pretending to be like a bag boy. Show how great of a bag boy uh-huh. he was. He does pull out a reusable grocery bag, mm-hmm. which I feel like is very... A tote, you could call it. Yes. Yeah, very good for like 94. Mm-hmm. You're promoting that. Save the planet. Good job, Boy Meets World. Good job, Boy Meets World. But yeah, so they he shows him what a great bag boy he would be. Alan's like, hey... You don't have to convince me. You were a great bag boy. Sorry I had to fill your position. Uh-huh. Really quickly. Really quickly. Well, I guess technically we may not know how long it's been. We don't been. know the timeline, but it feels like days. Yeah. It may be like the end of the week. Mm-hmm. But Eric gets his old job back. Yeah. Like the night. Nights and weekends. Nights and weekends, which nights and weekends at a grocery store, probably not great. But Well, I would think... But I mean, if you're in high school, when else are you going to work? Yeah. Well, I think I think he was working daytime during the weekend so he could have the nights to himself. Oh, yeah. But now he has night weekends. Yeah. And now... Weekend night. Weekend nights are his new thing and that's going to keep him from his babes. Yeah. Which is all Eric is about right now. That's all Eric is about. And uh, spoiler alert, in the next episode, not kept from his babes. Yeah. Babes babes everywhere. Um, it's a pretty heartwarming scene between him and his dad. Uh-huh. Um, Eric learns a good lesson. Corey witnesses it all. And just kind of pieces it all together for him yep they, they have a good wrap up where he's like you know if you're a good dad like you and me it, it doesn't matter if your son gets scammed for 90 bucks or gets, or a, gets tattoo. a tattoo <laughs> his dad's like you got a tattoo where and he's like 
tickling them. Yeah. Which is like a fun energy. You know, if you got a tattoo, you wouldn't be, you aren't going to be breathing much longer. <laughs> which is just a delightful little death threat between uh-huh. father and son. Yeah, you know, it's kind of normal. Um, a playful death threat. Yeah, playful death threat. Uh, so it's a great scene for the dad and both boys. Um, and then we have the little stinger at the end. Uh, where Corey's like in front of Kathy Ireland, like flexing and trying to get her attention. And he's like, is this the place where you become a model? You'd have to have pictures. How much would that cost? She's like, 90 bucks. Or he's like, what it costs, like 90 bucks? Yep. Do you have 90 bucks? See ya. <laughs> yep. They bring the joke back one more time. Uh-huh. And that's credits. That's, that's it. it. So Cameron, what'd you think of the episode? I just loved it. It just felt so good to me. I, I agree. I did not actually expect to love this episode as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Because as delightful as I think the kitchen scene is, the scene, the two scenes with the four kids is, um, as much as I, you know, love all of those things, it's not something I think about because it's not much of a spectacle. It's just the show working. Uh-huh. Though the lobster costume that, yeah. is very much spectacle. But that's not my favorite part of the episode. The uh-huh. four kids are my favorite part of the episode. Um, and so when I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of remember this episode. And then, like, as the episode goes on, I was like, I love this. Mm-hmm. This is great. Yeah. This is like that energy that's going to make me love Boy Meets World for the next rest six of your seasons. Life. Well, yes. Also the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I love this episode. So what did you score it? I gave it an 8.5. That's what I gave it to. Yeah, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's probably the highest score a season one episode is going to get for me. You gave... Um, you gave Killer B a 9. You gave Killer B a 9. Um, though The Fugitive, I think, has a shot of being higher. And also, mm-hmm. I just have a lot of fond association with Kid Gloves, and I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we get there, maybe I'll love it too. We'll have to see. But 8.5 is probably as high as it's, an episode is going to get for me. And even though I've given a couple other episodes 8.5, fives i think this one in particular is probably like my favorite of the 8.5s mm-hmm. um just because yeah i i love every everyone was great like an 8.51 yeah an 8.51 exactly um yeah so it's very good it's um, very good uh it's average score is an 8.5 who's your mvp so mvp i really want to give it to both amy and alan but we can't do that i said eric but you just think eric yeah i just think just like front to back he had a really good like presence throughout the episode. I mean, it was mostly about him, I think. Um, but it's just like, I feel like he was just kind of showing some of the Eric that we grow to love. Yeah, I I, I like Eric. Um, I think that I think that Corey and Eric, both their storylines are so prominent. And this is a really good, a really good episode of the two of them kind of both getting a, a starring role, you could say. Um, but all my favorite moments came from Amy and Alan. Uh-huh. I wrote also Alan MVP, possibly. Just because, like, his moments with Eric and yeah. throwing the newspaper when she, like, lets him out of his cage. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Alan would be the one I give it to just because Amy's more of an enabling force for Alan. Uh-huh. Um, so I would say Alan. Um, you would say Eric. I'll, I'll, I'll concede Alan, but I'm going hard on the next one. Okay. I, I actually had trouble picking an MVP for the next one, so I, I can definitely be swayed. But yeah, I think Alan, um, you know, for the thing at the end with Corey, mm-hmm. um, is really good. really good dad moments. Yeah. We're a sucker for the dad moments. Chance is surprised. I don't know that I'm a sucker for the dad That's moments. why you're surprised. Um, I mean, again, my favorite joke in the entire thing is, I married you for your body. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's very funny. Um, but yeah, what are your other titles? Um, I wrote 
and two at Boy Meets Chest Tattoo. Ooh. And also Boy Meets Lobster Tank. Okay. Those are both very good. I took a little bit opposite of a route. Um, I want to come back to Boy Meets Chest Tattoo because I think that one's very good. Um, I took a little opposite route. I love the double meaning of the original title. Mm-hmm. So my first thought is, what if this one was just Boy Meets Model Family? I mean, we're just renaming it Boy Meets. And okay. then I thought... We've come too far. It's true. I think, I think Boy Meets Model Family is bad. But then I was thinking, what's another way that we could preserve that double meaning? And I think Boy Meets Father Pose was not that, that, but it was the other one I thought about. Okay. But I think Boy Meets Chest Tattoo. I like Boy Meets Chest Tattoo. Because it's just so funny and unexpected. It's true. (sighs) Rips his shirt open. Shows the chest tattoo. I have three things for the timeline. Okay, I have two. Um, I think we have two of the same ones. Jason and Eric have been friends since, since they were three. three. Minkus doesn't have any siblings. Minkus has no siblings. And maybe it's a joke, but I'm taking it as serious. Mr. Feeny says he has a cat. Because Corey's like, you just like to dangle it and then rip it away. And he's like, yes, that's why I have a cat. Oh, I literally don't even remember that happening, but okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I guess we can do Feeny has a cat, sure. I don't see why not. Okay. Um, and that is... That's episode 116. That is Model Family. That's Model Family. We really want to know your thoughts on this. Maybe we're just crazy and this isn't as delightful of an episode as we think it is. But it is. So. You're wrong, though. So get it's it. Not. Uh, I, I didn't expect it. Maybe my favorite episode of the season so far. Uh-huh. So we'll move on then to episode 118. 118. <laughs> Episode 118, It's a Wonderful Night. I guess a play on It's a Wonderful Life. I was going to ask. Without any sort of themes of It's a Wonderful Life, we don't have any sort of like angelic figures walking people around on flashbacks of their life. Nothing about angels getting their wings or anything like that has nothing to do with the seminal holiday classic. Is It's a Wonderful Life the one where he's going to throw himself off the bridge? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. None of that happens in this episode either. There's not even a bridge. There's some dying. Oh, videotape, well, yes. but yes, there is not. I, I so I don't understand why they named it. Your last title was so good, Boy Meets World. How did you mess it up? <laughs> they this spent bad? all of their good title writing ability on episode one sixteen that they missed it, messed up on one eighteen. It's true, and the fugitive is a pretty good one. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that next it week. Makes sense, sort of. I was thinking about it. Sort of not. Well, yes. Um, yes. So this episode starts. Judy, Queen of Zits. Poor Judy. Name dropped again. A couple times in this episode. Never kindly. Never kindly. Even Feeny drags her. I have it written down in big letters. Mr. Feeny. (laughs) More like Mr. Meanie. Oh, wow. That is further than I ever thought you'd ever go. Her whole head would have to explode. (laughs) Mr. Feeny. Stop being mean to Judy, Queen of Zits. Ah, poor Judy. She deserves better. Justice for Judy. Justice for Judy. We said it before, we'll say it again. It's time to start this campaign. J4J. That was um, better. Anyway, why don't you go ahead and synopsize this episode since we haven't done that yet. That's true. So, this is the classic sitcom trying to pull a scam episode. So we have two scams running simultaneously. It's Eric's 16th birthday. He's going to get his driver's license. Problem is, he fails his test. Doesn't tell his parents. Decides to take the car out anyway. Hijinks ensue. Yes. Meanwhile, Sean is coming over with an illicit videotape 
of a horror movie um, that he and Corey are going to try to watch while they're being babysat. But twist, Mr. Feeney ends up being their babysitter, um, and they're all trying to pull their schemes off around Mr. Feeney. Yes. Yeah. Good synopsis. Good synopsis. And we start this with, I don't remember. The Corey and Sean are in the cafeteria. Ah, yes. Talking about their night. Judy, queen of zits, will be babysitting. They say, we just need to say one thing, and she'll be in the, yeah, that the whole night, that popping she, her face. That she's particularly broken out tonight. Uh huh. And so she'll just be taking care of that, and we can watch this movie hidden inside of Barney Learns the Alphabet mm-hmm. case. It is I'm Blowing Up Your Head, Part Six Stumpy's, Stumpy's Revenge. Revenge. Just the movies that they have <laughs> come up with on this Godzilla Goes to College, I'm Blowing Up Your Head, Part Six Stumpy's Revenge. Just like. Very fun, fun names of movies. I would watch those movies. Uh, though... I probably wouldn't watch this one. It's not really my genre. But this isn't... This is more of a gore fest. Still than not really my genre. I suppose so. Uh, I enjoy cartoonishly over-the-top violence. Um, you know who doesn't? Who? Alan. No, nor does Mr. Feeney. No. They are both very against cartoonishly over-the-top violence. Um, I will say that that is the worst camouflage they could possibly choose. If two 11-year-old boys, maybe 12 at this point, we really don't know. Really, Yeah, we're still not sure. We know a few episodes ago that Amy said Corey was about to be 12. Yeah. So his birthday's in the spring sometime, but we don't know exactly when. Yeah, and I think Sean's probably older than Corey. I don't know. I've always thought so. Anyway, um, if two 11-year-old boys are carrying around a Barney tape, I know something wrong something is in is, that. Something is happening. You gotta pick, like, man, I don't know. I'm just blanking on all, all movies. I think something that they feel like they're getting away with something, maybe a PG-13 something. Princess Bride wouldn't be a bad way to go. No, Princess Bride wouldn't be. Uh, I think it's a few years later, but Men in Black. Oh, yeah. There's lots of... The Fugitive. The Fugitive. Harrison Ford. Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that they could do that would be, like, acceptable for them to have and not, like, why the heck are you watching Barney? Yeah. Because the minute you see Barney, you're like, Mm. no. That's not Barney in there. No. So, terrible camouflage. Mean to Judy. Mm -hmm. So then we cut to, it is Corey and Eric in their room. Mm -hmm. Um, Corey is explaining his scam to Eric that he's going to be pulling off. And it's just very funny. Like, oh, Eric's like, oh, Barney learns the alphabet. Hate to spoil it for you, Corey, but Z. And Corey, (laughs) Corey just responds, you know. Oh, you have so little faith in me. Open it up. He's like, oh, I'm blowing up your head part six. I'm your revenge. Not the way I'd go, but not bad. Yeah, baby scam. That's yeah. how he refers to it, though. Um, when the Corey's like, no, it's a major scan. This is rated R for violence and... And then Eric's like, probably a little nudity. We can just fast forward. Yeah. So so again, they still don't like girls, and they're way too old for that, but we talked about that last uh-huh. week. Yeah, we don't need to come back on that. Um, and then Eric talks about his I- the idea of the trust bank, mm-hmm. where he deposits, is he's responsible so that his parents will trust him so that he can do things like go take his driver's test with Jason and his brothers rather than with his parents. Yeah, and uh, talks about how every time he's been caught, it's a few select times, so they don't get too suspicious, mm-hmm. which the most BS <laughs> ever, but... <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of a classic, like, teenage boy kind of attitude, like... Rewriting history. Uh, only because I wanted to be caught yeah. doing these crimes. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so then we we already knew kind of from Corey talking, but Alan and Amy are going out mm-hmm. to, like, a real estate, something or other. A function. Uh-huh. One of those terrible functions. Uh, when, Alan comes down in his jeans and blazer. You can see why Amy married him for his body. Yeah. I think he looks pretty sharp. I, I was like, man, that guy didn't need to put on a suit. That's a good looking man oh, right there. He'd life at the party. Yeah. But Amy tells him he needs to go change. 
um, into a suit so that when he dies of boredom, she doesn't have to change his clothes. She can just bury him and yeah. wait for the party. Which I thought was pretty funny. Yep, it's a funny moment. It's a funny exchange. Alan and Amy, these two episodes, they're uh, great. They got a good chemistry. They always do, I think. Yeah, sure. They they, they sure do, but mm. I think they're funnier together uh-huh. in this episode. Definitely. In these two episodes. And they're not very much the focus of the show. So when they have little moments together, they're very good. Yep, yep. And then uh, he goes to change the suit, she goes to get ready, and Eric and Jason come in. Uh-huh. We find out that Eric has failed his driver's test. Which, it seems like he failed it for a very small reason. Uh-huh. Like, like driving when he wasn't supposed to? Yeah, just like pulling up a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems a bit extreme. Yeah. I don't really know. And I, I, I guess someone with a beer was waving him forward, so he pulled up a little bit. Uh-huh. It turns out he wasn't one of the state troopers that... Work at the DMV yeah. to give the driving tests. I guess you've never taken a driving test. I haven't, no. I have. The mythology of me continues to grow. Yes. But yes, keep going. Um, but I, like Eric, also failed my first driver's test. By pulling up just a little bit? No. But where I did lived, the people who gave you the driving test were like state troopers, like in uniform, mm-hmm. like very intense. I don't know if that's the same everywhere, but this made it seem like maybe, at least the way they're describing it. But what happened, I mean, it's very stressful. I hadn't practiced a lot because I didn't really care to drive. I don't feel like I was a normal teenager, like turning 16, ready to hit the road. I was just like, I don't really care. His freedom was in the books he read. (laughs) Loser. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But, so, it didn't go great. But, um, what happened is we were going through a neighborhood and he's like, turn left at the next intersection. I said, okay. But then I started to turn right because I just was, wasn't comfortable. And then I panicked and was like, oh wait, you said to turn left. So in the middle of my right turn, I started turning left and kind of the front wheel of my tire went up into the yard of the corner house. And apparently if you drive in someone's yard on a driver's test, that's an instant fail. <laughs> Seems a bit extreme. <laughs> But you could have caused property damage, and they don't like that when you take a driver's test. So you failed your driver's test because you drove in neighbor Bob's yard. Uh-huh. Isn't that just the way it goes? Yeah, I've never taken a driver's test, as we've said. But they seem very stressful. Like, uh-huh. it seems like, hey, why why aren't we, like, getting them comfortable before we do this? Uh-huh. It's like, it's just very stressful. And, yeah, I mean, that's, you're doing something you've never, you haven't done that much. Like, But even now, having driven almost as long as I hadn't driven before, mm-hmm. um, I still think it would be stressful to, like, have a police officer in your car telling you what to do and if you fail like that's it for two weeks apparently uh-huh. yeah I mean, maybe you can retake it instantly now i don't mm-hmm. know I, I have no idea probably the same i couldn't see i don't see why it'd be different um bam so he yeah, fails so his he fails it which is understandable um jason is back in this episode and i have to say they're both wearing these like sleeveless hooded jackets yep and it is a bold look <laughs> it, it is a good layer to it, add on top of your oversized polo shirt it is a it is a look <laughs> I'll definitely agree with the fact Mm -hmm. that it is a look. I will not comment on the goodness or badness of said look. But it is certainly a look. It is a look. Um, And then you probably don't. I would assume that your good kid brain does not understand Eric's dilemma. But I felt Eric's dilemma. (laughs) (laughs) Eric's dilemma, I mean, it's strong. There's like, oh, well, what would ever really happen? Like, nothing's going to happen. How often do people really get pulled over and check to see their driver's license? Yeah. 
and they're really pretty, and then I'll get my license in two weeks, and I'll be done. Yeah, so he's deciding if he should go ahead and go on his date that he had for the night. Yeah. He and Jason and some girls, who end up being the same two girls from the last episode. We'll talk about that later. We will, because I have many questions. It's very interesting. Yes, but then they, I mean, they Jason's basically paying, playing the, uh, the devil on uh-huh. Eric's shoulder. Yeah. Getting him to do the thing he shouldn't do, uh, even though it's a very understandable dilemma. And Eric plays the angel on his shoulder. But it's more of a token, like, it's not, he's not being sincere. Uh-huh. He's saying it because he needs to say it. Yeah. And so he decides he's going to do this. Well, then they find out Judy isn't coming. Judy, queen of zits. Judy, queen of zits had an emergency. Which we'll get to in a skin second. emergency. Skin emergency. So Eric goes to talk to Mr. Feeney mm-hmm. to see if he would babysit that night. Yep. Um, which is a funny exchange because he's telling Feeney he's going to a classical concert. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, classical Beethoven or... Mozart. Mozart. And he's like, Beethoven. Symphony or concerto? Symphony. Blonde or brunette? Blonde. I mean, Brahms. Which I thought was a very funny joke. I don't think he said... He that. did. He said Brahms. Like, he said blonde. Brahms. Which is another composer. And oh. So, it was like, very clever, Eric, yeah. trying to adjust the way that he did. Yeah. Mr. Feeney's not buying it for a second, but I thought it was just a very funny, like, blonde. Brahms. <laughs> yeah. It was a good Eric moment. It was, it, the, the two of them have chemistry. They really do. They have good chemistry. And it's on display here. Uh, we do learn a very important piece of information here, that Eric was, in fact, one of Feeney's students. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, and then Feeney says he will babysit if Eric comes and spreads manure in his garden. In his garden. He said four Sundays. And Eric's like, two, Sundays. two Sundays. Five Sundays. Deal. <laughs> Gets him. This is not the last time that will happen. But. Yeah, well, I mean, Mr. Feeney knows what he's got. He's got two really foolish boys that he can trick into doing things for him. Yep, it's true. And why would he not? Um, and yes, this is when the very upsetting Mr. Feeney. I don't even want to think what a skin condition for that girl would be. Her <laughs> head would have to swell up and explode or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Mr. Feeney, kids do not choose acne. Like, I mean, some of them kind of do if they don't have the right kind of hygiene or, or yeah. eat stuff that they know breaks them out, stuff like that. But for the most part, Mr. Feeney, kids do not choose acne. More like Mr. Meany, I heard someone say one time. Yeah, I may have written that down. <laughs> um, but yes, that aside, we then cut to the next scene. Which is Mr. Feeney. He gets his. In pearl earrings and all this costume jewelry. Having a tea party with Morgan as he's babysitting. Yes, she's trying to get him to wear her new floppy hat. Uh, it's <laughs> oh, a, it's so funny. It's a very good reveal. Uh-huh. Because... Uh, it's a close-up on Morgan saying, Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed your tea. I've got a new flappy hat. Would you like to try it on? And then the reveal of oh, Mr. Feeney. He's just like, I have festooned myself in costume jewelry. And, and I have swilled your faux tea. tea. <laughs> and this is where I draw the line. I will not wear your floppy hat. And, and she starts just... making whimpering sounds. Uh-huh. And so he, he puts it on. Yep, he puts it on uh, and says, are you happy? And he go, and she goes, uh-huh. <laughs> Very funny. The entire time this is happening, less than... In the same room. In the same room, less than like... Five uh, feet away? Less the than... TV turned towards him? Yeah, they are watching their... I'm blowing movie. up your head, part six. Stumpy's Revenge on the TV in the room with Morgan and Mr. Feeney. Because Mr. Feeney gets up and comes over to them, clearly already having seen the TV, and they hurry and grab the remote and change the channel yep. to like a nature show. To, yeah, a show about caribou. Which, I gotta say, I would watch a show about caribou. I don't see why not. They're interesting. They're interesting deer. Their horns fall off. 
that's interesting. So do regular deer. Well, some deer. Not all. We well, can most, talk about it later. Most deer. We can talk about it. They knock them off and then they grow new ones. Yes, that is true. That is true. But. Yeah, so their TV changing skills are terrible. Also, their choice to watch the movie with Mr. Feeney in the room, also terrible. Yes. Why are they not up in Eric and Corey's room? Maybe they don't have a VCR in Eric and Corey's room. Maybe. But. Yeah, it just is bad. It's bad all around. It's just a bad plan. It's a bad plan from them. And it makes Mr. Feeney seem dumb that he keeps falling for uh-huh. it. And yeah, it's it's not good. Uh-huh. So that's how things are going at their home where they're watching this movie and it's like, hey, college girl in the shower, say goodbye to your head. Ah! Why did Stumpy just blow up her head? Well, Cor, that's a very complicated question. It's a complex, complex character. <laughs> yeah, Stumpy is a very complex character. <laughs> um, and then he blows up a stewardess's head with a crossbow. Uh-huh. I, I honestly, this movie kind of seems like a documentary of ways to blow up people's heads. Seems it, like it. I'm not sure what the plot. I is. mean, this is the sixth part in the "I'm blowing up your head" series. Yeah, you'd eventually run out of ways, I would think. And Stumpy died in part five, and that's why he's that's out why for he's revenge. revenge in part six. Um, but yes, so yeah, I mean that's what's going on in the house, mm-hmm. and they're like, "I hope Eric's having a good time." And they're like, oh, "Don't worry, he's the king of having fun." Cut to him begging to get his car. <laughs> like, if you have any humanity, you'll let me have my car back. It's been towed and impounded. Yep. And Tony, with, with a, a y, y, replies, "What does that mean, humanity? What does that mean, humanity?" <laughs> Um, and then we get, apparently, Eric parked in a red zone, uh-huh. and his car got towed, and they're trying to get it back, but they can't give it to him unless he shows yeah, them. The license showing the address matches the title of yeah. the car, which makes sense, Yeah. but dilemma, Eric doesn't have his driver's license. Yeah, Eric doesn't have his driver's license. Um, the girls get a junior with a Camaro. Uh-huh. It's the same girls as before. Yes. And so they are just kind of viciously mocking Eric yeah. during this process. And like trying to find other dates mm-hmm. with boys with cars and driver's licenses. Um, yeah. After being mean to Eric in the previous episode, like it's the exact same two girls. It's the exact same two girls, and I believe I could be wrong. I checked, and I'm not, I don't have a good eye for this. I believe they are both wearing the exact same thing, except they both have jackets. Hmm. I didn't pay attention. I, I if not, they're wearing something of very similar styles. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one girl in the dress has a vest on, and the other girl has a jacket on. But I believe they are the exact same two outfits. Uh from the previous episode interesting but then eric has a moment of like clarity just like we don't need like you are just here using us for dates and for a ride and like we don't need you this is all you're gonna do like you can't help us out Mm -hmm. like we're we don't need people like you who are just gonna be mean like that yeah and not helpful to which they respond (laughs) i have so many questions about this scene so many but we'll start with what happens the girls flirt with Tony mm-hmm. by talking about his name and talking about needing to be home on time. And I mean, the only word I know, they seduce him, right? Like uh-huh, That's definitely what happens. They seduce him into giving the thing. It, these are two 16-year-old girls. Well, I guess we don't know that they're 16. They can be anywhere from 15 to 17. Uh-huh. But seducing this impound man to break the law yeah, this to get the car. 30-year-old at least. At least. Maybe more. <laughs> impound man and whose idea was this this is creepy uh-huh. 
Like, I, I the scene, it just, when I was watching it, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. It's like the sexualization of young girls. Like, uh, what's his name? Tony with a Y. Like, uh, just seems like an idiot. Idea. Yeah. But they kind of paint him like that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it makes me uncomfortable. And the thing is, unless they are directly addressing Tony, he is unaware of anything that's going on in the scene. Like, uh-huh. afterwards, when they have the title, and they're like, oh, these are the guys who don't need us. And they, like, rip it up. He's just like stare straight ahead. Uh-huh. He like has no no idea that they're talking about him. Yeah, or doing anything to do with him. And then I I still don't know why Eric can't just tape up uh-huh. the. It's just right there. Yeah, it doesn't like, make any sense. It's like oh, it got it got it got damaged. Uh huh. It's, it's it's all right there. It has all the proper information, but then the girls leave with the junior it, with the Camaro, which seems better than a sophomore with a dad car anyway. But uh-huh. whatever. I mean, that's what they're all about. So why are they hanging out with Lobster Boy? Yeah, and non-model friend. I don't know. Maybe the lobster dinner he got them was really good. Maybe. And I don't see that being the case, being food court lobster dinner. Yes, that is true. And also, this is just a, a side question I had. Whose date is who? Like, doesn't matter. Is it just the four of them, like, the group date? But e- even in a group date, like, you're with one specific person, aren't you? I don't know. Anyway. These 90s kids with their nebulous relationships are just going back and forth between... It just disgusts me. They would be so much better off with Tinder and TikTok and Snapchat. Sure. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. It's a weird scene. It, it was a scene that made me very uncomfortable. Uh-huh. But then it's over, and they realize they have to call Mr. Feeney. Well, yeah. yeah they, to, uh... they call Mr. Feeney at the beginning of the scene, right? I think. Yeah. Because he comes. I called Mr. Feeney uh-huh. uh, to come, and then the girls leave. Yeah. Right. And then Feeney and Morgan and Eric and Sean, or Morgan and Sean and Corey all come in. Yep. Because he can't leave his charges at home alone. Yep. And he's still wearing the uh, earrings. earrings. <laughs> Which is very Which funny. Which is so funny. And then it kind of comes out that Eric doesn't have his license and Corey's just like, not even my brother is that big an idiot. Yeah. I do something that stupid. I do enjoy that Sean is the one who realizes what's going on. Like, I would try this. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just file this one away. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't have a license. He's got to have a license. Not even my brother is that big of an idiot. And Jason, the the devil on his shoulder, comes up and he's like, I beg to differ. Oh, Jason. Yeah, Jason's Jason's slimy. Jason's slimy. Uh, we, we, we skipped it, but when he's like purring at Amy, it's it's slimy. Mm-hmm. It's, it, he's the a... um, Eddie Haskell, which is the friend on Leave it to Beaver mm-hmm. of the older brother who's like really sweet to adults, but kind of a jerk oh. to kids. Have you actually seen Leave it to Beaver? Only like a couple episodes. I've, I've, I've and I remember it. the movie that came out in the 90s that wasn't very good. I got nothing. I watched a lot of old TV, but Leave it to Beaver. Not one it's just of a little bit too clean cut yeah. to be enjoyable. The Wonder Years. That's where it's at. Boy Meets World. That's classic <laughs> Boy TV meets for you. World. Um, so they all get home. Uh, Feeney sends... Feeney is like laying down the law. Like yeah. Morgan is pouting because she doesn't want to go to bed. And he's just like, you suck that lip in. Yeah. Get to bed. And she's just like... Whoop, and then goes off to bed. Yeah. Nice sound effect. Oh, thank you. Um, and then she sends Jason home. He's like, you cannot leave me holding the bag here, Jason. It's like, oh, how little you know me. Uh-huh, which is, again, it was when I was like, maybe Jason isn't good. Yeah. Like, I thought that earlier when he told Eric he needed to lie and not say that he didn't have his driver's license and whatnot. But um, at this part especially, I was like, 
Not good. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then he yells at Eric, telling him to go upstairs. This is the only time I think we see Mr. Queenie yell like that. Yeah. Just like, go to your room. And then Eric goes and does it. And it's just like a very forceful side of Mr. Feeney. And then all of the not smoothness that Corey and Sean were uh, demonstrating. For some reason, they're watching the movie again. Like minutes, within seconds of getting home, they would have had to turn that on with Mr. Feeney in the room. Yes. On a rampage already. On a rampage already. stupid. And not changing it back and forth anymore. Like, Mr. Feeney is, is nothing if not more prominent in the room. Mm-hmm. But now they can't change it back uh-huh. for some reason. And when they try, he takes the remote. Yep. And Feeney watches someone's head get blown up. Uh-huh. I don't remember which one. So then he was. takes the tape and he rips it out of the VCR, destroying the tape. Yep. To which Sean says, it's rated R. He's like, this is rated R. It's like, yeah, R for wrecked. <laughs> which <laughs> I wrote down. It's, a fun, it's very uh-huh. funny. R for wrecked. Um, and then again, which is why I think Sean is Jason if it wasn't for Corey. Because again, um, Sean goes to leave and Corey's like, you can't leave me like to take the rap for this by myself. And he's like, how little you know me. And then goes. Yeah. But he's so much less slimy than Jason. Yes. Like, so there is kind of that distinction between the two. But I think having skipped 117, like the things that happened in the episode previous to this, you see how like Corey and Sean like help each other. Yeah. And well, and, and, and it's different because Jason didn't or Jason talked Eric into it and then left him holding the bag whereas Corey was fully fully in from the beginning yeah, yeah. but two very I, I think that's the kind of the dynamic you see of Corey and Sean is how they both benefit from their relationship yes now it's I, mutualism I have a question about Mr. Feeney uh-huh he kind of a drug addict we had him want roll aids earlier and now he wants nalox 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 which I don't know what that is he I'm telling you he's got an ulcer he must but I'm just saying these are not the ways to deal with your problems, Mr. Feeney. I mean, if you've got an upset tummy, you take something for your upset tummy. Oh, I think Medication is not the answer. It is if you have an ulcer. I've had an ulcer. And did you take medicine for it? Some. Exactly. Huh. These kids tearing him apart, which you think after 35 years in the public school system, he could hack it. But Yeah. And uh, then the parents come home, right? Uh-huh. I, yeah. The parents come home and are very mad because uh, Corey was watching an R-rated movie and... Uh-huh. Alan does not want that kind of trash in his house, uh-huh. which I know Alan has watched movies like that before, but we can go on. Yeah. I have the number, I have it written down 31 years. Why is that number anything? Because uh, that's how long Alan tells Corey to go to his room. For. All right. How long to go? 31 years. You, are, you and I are both 31 years old, so our entire lives uh-huh. is how he's long. Still, he's still not out from his room. No. Oh, no. It's only been 26 years, yeah. as we determined earlier. Uh, yes. And then um, Amy tells him he's dog meat. And then Eric comes down the stairs and Mr. Feeney's like, speaking of puppy chow. Yep. And Alan's like, you can't be here because my car isn't here. Uh-huh. He's like, I hope you're in a good mood, Dad. Uh, and then you lose. Tells him and then Alan turns to Mr. Feeney. You are the worst babysitter. And then Mr. Feeney, your children are the spawn of Satan. Yep. <laughs> uh none of this it's Feeney's fault but yes um yeah and then they i mean they get mad they send eric to his room and they talk about sentencing uh-huh which is again another moment because alan is like you're never driving ever yeah like this is all over and then amy's like eric go to your room like we need to talk about this Again, trying to be on the same page with Alan because he just wants to, again, kind of righteously so, like, Eric did a really dumb thing that he shouldn't have. He wants to lock him up and throw away the key. Yeah. But Amy's like, let's 
let's be smart about this because again, you see, she's like, who's the one that does all the things for the kids and does all the errands and all this stuff. She's like, that's me. And now he would be able to drive and do those things. And so she's like, that's a good thing. Like, yeah. I want him to be able to drive because then he can take on those responsibilities. Yeah. Yep. It is a good scene of them working it out. Um, all the scenes of them working it out are really good. Mm-hmm. And then they go up to sentence. It's very funny with them nervously sitting on the bed. Uh-huh. Uh, earlier in the episode, uh, Eric hit Corey with a pillow and he like flung himself over the bed. And mm-hmm. Eric's like, this could be our last moments together. Do you have anything to say to me? And Corey's like, yeah, here's a lovely parting present. And he hits him with a pillow and he like, off the does bed. a somersault off the bed. What are these pillows made of? I don't know, but it's but both are very funny. It's uh-huh. a physical comedy. The parents come in. Corey says, basically, hello. And then Eric pops up from the ground. <laughs> says hello it's very funny uh-huh. and then they go over the sentencing phase and like you're both grounded for two weeks and both boys just in unison are like ah, ah two weeks that's, that's awful. awful yeah um i guess that they were just playing that up just like whatever you do is it's going to be the worst and i'm going to act like it's the worst yeah. so that's all you do oh just because i want to point out because i think it's a very funny joke that ben uh savage gets to tell the parents come in and they're like, I suppose you two know why we're here. And Corey goes, and you know why we're here. And puts to the bed. <laughs> Which is very funny. You know why we're here. Um, and so they're both grounded for two weeks. Eric's job is to study and the get his driver's license. manual and get yeah. his license. There will be a continuation of the punishment where he will be doing the driving with mm-hmm. the kids around. Um, which is something he's expressed before he would not be doing. Yeah. But joke's on him. And then Corey's punishment during that two weeks is to watch educational television. Yeah. So he has to finish the Caribou documentary. Uh-huh. So all of those things. Which is surprisingly on on the upstairs TV. Yep. Still going. Uh, yeah. Uh, doesn't seem like that big of a punishment. But apparently he hates it. So. Yeah. Creative problem solving. Did you, this is really random, but in the 90s, when you were changing from, like, if the VCR was on and you were, like, changing the channel, did it, like, screw up real bad if you changed it off of the channel it was supposed to be on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember that? I just thought about, I, like, you had to be, like, on channel three. Yeah. And if you didn't, like, there was interference on the uh-huh. TV. It wasn't just, like, a clear picture because there wasn't, like, dedicated inputs back then. Right. It's just sort of, it is or it's not. Yep. Anyway, that's just a, yeah. a, a memory that I literally didn't have when watching the episode, but just had right now. Uh-huh. I only did because you brought it up. Got to be on channel three, though. Yeah. I mean, we've had inputs for so long that took away that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in the day, you didn't have even like the red, yellow, and white inputs that you could put in for like AV and audio. AV, audio. Uh, audio is for the A and AV. Yes. For the AV inputs or like an HDMI, especially, you didn't have. No. Back then, you just sort of attached it to the back of the tv was like a coaxial yeah it was a coaxial a lot of people i remember had their cable actually hooked into their vcr VCR, and the vcr was the cable Uh and that was a thing from people anyway it's wild the things that we used to do yeah how did we survive stuff i haven't even thought about i don't even have a tv anymore because why do i need one i have a laptop so so advanced um yeah and so then so those things happen the closing scene the tag at the end is. Is it a saying, tag? I, I think it's called it. a tag. Uh, but Amy's just there luxuriating in all of her free time while Read the two kids soak, are like, soak please, you gotta take me to this. Soccer practice is about to start or my little league game. We gotta go pick up my uniform. Um, and it's all this wonderful. Yeah. This little bit where Eric is still being punished 
And Amy is getting a break. A well-deserved break. Well-deserved break, Amy Math. Good on you, Amy. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, Very much just desserts Mm -hmm. at the end. What are your final thoughts? Um, I don't like this episode as much as the last. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I think this episode is still very funny. Uh Um, Yeah, I don't really have a problem with the episode. It doesn't have the things that I really want in an episode. Uh Uh-huh. You don't have the four kids. Yeah, you, you don't even have Topanga or Minkus at all. Yeah. And there's not really, like, a hilarious moment. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of the videotape is very funny. Um, the, Mr. Feeney festooning himself in costume jewelry is very funny. Yeah, we'll talk about Feeney in a second, I'm certain. But, uh, yeah, he's the best part of the episode, I think. Um, I, and there's nothing bad about this episode. Um, I give it a 7.5. I gave it an 8. Yeah. Again, because I just think, as we said at the beginning, this is like when you think... Season one of Boy Meets World. It's like these two episodes mm-hmm. are ones you think of. They're just very standout. I think so too. Yeah. And again, I, it just like it's whereas the last one kind of showcased the friend group of Corey. This one definitely was focused on the family. Yeah. Um, For but better it or did worse, it, it did it really well. Yeah. Like the family dynamic, and again, focusing a lot on Eric, which I always like a good Eric episode. Yeah, Eric's great. Um, he is definitely his the entire plot of this episode. Mm-hmm. Corey's is, is a baby, a baby scam. Yeah, it's a baby scam. Um, but yeah, so that gives this one a 7.75. What do you think the title should be? I just called it Boy Meets Scams. That's what I called it. Hey! Because this really is when Corey kind of first Starts makes scams. scams. He has his first baby scam. We get, we get more scams coming up. Oh, yeah. And I feel like this is a classic like sitcom situation. This is the situation that is the comedy yeah. of sitcoms. It's trying to pull a scam. Yes. And then uh, what did you tie, or what, who's your MVP? Uh, I said Mr. Feeney. I did as well. I, I could be swayed. Mostly because he just said I festooned myself in costume jewelry and swilled your faux tea. Yep. That was a very funny scene and he's the good guy throughout everything. Yeah. He just has this ferocious go to your room which is yeah. so weird. But just like just this very forceful presence. Maybe maybe Mr. Feeney was in the military. We don't know. We don't know. But we can suspect. Yeah. And timeline. I just Mr. Feeney taught Eric. And also have Eric turns sixteen in ninety four and takes his driver's test with Jason. Yep, yep. All three of those are important and what I've got down to. So, um still not a terribly complicated timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put down the question for this episode as I wanna know either a first date story or really any date story. Or what's the time you got into trouble? Like a scam you tried to pull and got caught. I'm not much of a scammer. You never got or into much trouble. of a dater. Cameron Liner. I'm just a boring person, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't really have a great gotten to trouble story that I can think of. Um adding to the mythology of my strange life i was not in a place to put together a timeline of chances messed up life (laughs) i was not really after 14 there was not really a shot for me to get in trouble much anymore you're Um, just a perfect angel yeah that's anything wrong that's definitely the reason i got away with most of my scams um well yeah they were scams until i was 14 and then they were just life um but anyway uh i do have a first date story sort of i don't know if this is considered a date or not But when I was, I was either 12 or 13, um, it was a leap year, so I must have been 12. Because it was actually on leap day. It was on the 29th. I remember this. magical. Um, I took a girl from school with me and my parents to the closest movie theater, which was an hour away in North Dakota. Oh my. Uh, To watch. Across state lines? We live 15 minutes from the North Dakota state line. But um, yes, we, uh, she and me and my parents drove to the closest movie theater an hour away to watch, of all movies. We were 12. 
You're not going to get it. Oh. You're, you're never going to be able to guess Princess it. Diaries was when we were 13. So it wasn't that. I, but I would not blame you because that movie's great. I didn't see that movie until I was in my late 20s. <sighs> what a shame. I love that movie. <laughs> we're going to do a bonus episode where we're just going to watch that movie and talk about it. Not because it has anything to do with Boy Meets World, but just because it's very good. Princess sure. Diary. It's, it's fine. Anne Hathaway. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's the best movie of Disney movies ever. Continue. I, what did you go see? Passion of the Christ. Oh, <laughs> All right. That's a, Yeah. <laughs> she was a girl in a local youth group. What else would you see? Left behind? <laughs> so, yes. We went to see on Leap Day. So, we, it must have been 2000? Maybe 2000? It may, would have been 2001. It may, may have been 2004. Well, it has to be because it was Leap Year, so it can't have been 2001. 2000 or 2004. It may have been 2004. It may have been it early high school. It had to have been because we were living... Yeah, or we were living in 2000. It wasn't out yet. It was later. Well, my parents really wanted to see it, and she really wanted to see it, and I didn't want to see it, but I wanted to hang out with her. And I wasn't quite I wasn't quite sure if I liked her or not. Did the movie help you decide? Well, it was the only... I don't even know if you'd consider it a date, but I think it's very funny. The, <laughs> the entire hour-long ride with my parents in the car, she and I never spoke once. That's... Sweet. Because we didn't. Uh, then we got to. So this was not only the closest movie theater, but it was also the closest Walmart. Oh, you got to do both while you're in town. Yeah. So while we were at Walmart, she and I hung out and talked. And then every time we were around my parents, we were just. That's kind of classic. As silent. I as remember possible. one time. This was a church camp. Um, so there are these icy stands at church camp where you can go and get an icy. And so there's these things called icy dates. And I met the eye of this girl in Tabernacle during like the service. And we decided we should go on an icy date. And it was okay. Like she was all right. But then as we were about to leave, she tried to kiss me. Whoa. And I kind of turned away because I wasn't feeling it. And she spilled Dr. Pepper all down my back. And so that was a fun moment. A memory <laughs> it's clearly stuck with me. Uh, Clearly. I, st- I still like Dr. Pepper. Didn't spoil me on that. Icy's are all right still, I guess. But, you know, it wasn't the best time. But I think it's funny. Just like, <laughs> it is. It's very funny. Yeah. All I, right. Well, that's all we have. Yes. I looked it up. It was 2004. Okay. That makes sense. So I would have been 15. Yeah, we were 10th grade. I think I think it was late 9th. Late, yeah, I think that's true. It was late the 9th grade for us, which is odd considering my timeline, but that's okay. <laughs> We're not here to make sense of your timeline. <laughs> no one can. Um, but yes. And you lived it. Uh, that's that's everything. Um, we we don't have any messages from this week. Uh, Charlie did say he has not seen the musical Where's Charlie. So that seems like a shame. Yeah, what a shame. You really should. Tell us how it is. I'm sure there's a recording. Probably not a recording. I, don't, I have no idea. Probably not. Um, yeah, so do tweet at us or email at us at um, bgworldfever at gmail.com or at bgworldfever on Twitter. Yeah. We would love, we need to be a little better about putting some messages out so people can respond. Yes. I am very bad at social media, but I'm trying real hard. As I said in the last episode, he's bad at it. I am. But, you know, he knows it about himself, and I'm not helping him at all, so I can't really say anything. Uh, and tell us your first date stories. Tell us your getting in trouble if you stories. Had a chest tattoo, what would it be? What your chest tattoo would be. If you do have one, what it is. And th- these aren't the only things you can uh, tweet at us about. If you want to tell us your opinions on the episodes, your MVPs, yeah. what you'd title episodes. We want to know all that stuff. So get at Just us. come on. At BG World it's, Fever. It's a big fun. All right. That's well, all I've got That's it. Me. So from all of us here at BG World Fever, thanks for listening. And so long, world. <laughs>